even with that defense being great, at some point they're going to get in the shootout. He's a great coordinator, not a great head coach. I think there's one thing we're all saying for a fact. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Goal Line Podcast. I'm your host Patrick Seifer, also known as No Huddle NFL on TikTok and Instagram. That is No Huddle NFL with no capitals and no spaces. Also available on X or Twitter. I still have no idea what I'm supposed to call it. At no huddle NFL with an underscore at the end. That is again at no huddle NFL, no capitals and no spaces with an underscore at the end. I am super excited to do this episode because week seven was a really, really fun watch. I think it was the best week of the entire NFL season. And I also have a guest that I recently noticed I haven't had on the podcast before, despite the fact that I've known him for a decently long time. We've interacted a lot. I've been on his podcast twice. I've done live streams with him. How are you doing today? Hammy. I'm doing all right, man. How about you? I am all good. Me and him were just talking about the college application process. He's going into <laughs> graduate school. I am still getting going through the entire application process, which is why I mentioned it, because he <laughs> has the experience. I think the process is pretty overhated, in all honesty, so far. Oh, yeah. I, I think a lot of people kind of overblow how stressful of a time it is, but that's just me. It's different for everyone. But if you were going through a stressful application process, last week's games must have really took the edge off for you because am I wrong for saying that this is the best week of football that we had all season so far? I honestly would agree with you on that. There was a bunch of wild games that you didn't, didn't even see coming a lot of upsets that happened. And my goodness, (laughs) is there a lot to talk about? Yeah, there is. And that's also why it sucks that, I only have the time to do one of these podcasts per week at the moment. Am I teasing a potential change down the road? Maybe. But for right now, I can only do one podcast per week. I'm going to try and focus on week eight during this recording for you guys, because I know that's the system we've been playing with for a while now. All season, I've been predicting each game. I haven't been doing recap pods. But before we get into those predictions for next week's games, I just want to talk a little bit and ask you, what was the biggest surprise of the Week 7 games to you? Because there was a lot. Obviously, the Bills losing to the Patriots. I I don't think anyone saw that one coming. Well, probably a few people in in our circle probably predicted the the Patriots were going to upset the Bills. But this was a game where I was just like, Buffalo should take care of it because the Patriots look absolutely broken right now. And yet, for some reason, like a lot of the issues that we have kind of lamented about the Bills going into preseason, they're starting to show it again. And that's a little bit concerning. So the Patriots game, that was probably the most shocking. But I will give one other game because I feel like it's an equal tie. And that was Niners and Vikings because um, realistically, like, this was the game that I felt like San Fran should have won. Um, and 
they just blew it. San Fran blew it all over. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a lot. There was a lot. Like you said, the San Fran game, that was definitely one of the top surprises. I think the Ravens blowing out Detroit. Oh, that's a good that, one. That was really surprising. I mean, that was a game a lot of people expected to be game of the week. And then the Ravens absolutely crushed them like they're some middle school team. Like, it, it was embarrassing for Detroit. And it wasn't because Detroit necessarily played horrible. It was just the Ravens really, really stood out during this particular week. And then let's not forget to mention some of these teams that aren't receiving as much attention from the average fan. Like Cleveland playing against the Colts and oh, Gardner Minshew all of a sudden yeah. balling out against the NFL's top defense. That, that was surprising. Off guard. I think that might have been the biggest surprise. I mean, Gardner didn't just get one rushing touchdown. He got two. Who would have expected Gardner Minshew to be uh, to having a masterclass? And fun fact about Gardner Minshew, this dude was at my alma mater, and I was just so close to literally watching Gardner play, but unfortunately he transferred to Washington State right before my freshman year, which sucks. So I never got a chance to watch Gardner Minshew play. In person, yet. But if he keeps playing like this, you're going to see him get many more snaps in the NFL and potentially even go to a game because this wasn't just, Oh, a random <laughs> good performance out of nowhere. This was a really good performance against the best defense in the NFL. Absolutely. I mean, there were just countless games that just left you like, huh? I would have never seen that coming. And that's why I love the NFL. Nothing ever oh, goes yeah. according to plan ever. I mean, no one, no one would have expected the Eagles to have beat the Dolphins in the way that they did, completely shutting down their running game. The Dolphins are this team yeah. that looks really good. Some people comparing their offense to the greatest show on turf, the 1999 Rams, and then the oh, Eagles yeah. go against them and just crush them. Just crush them. People forget the Bills did the exact same thing like weeks ago too. Like completely destroying the Dolphins, but except the Eagles shut down their entire run. So that was the that was the shocking part too. So yeah, the Eagles, the way that they beat down uh the Dolphins. Yeah. And then not even mentioning the fact that they're adding Kevin Byard to that defense. Oh Forget my goodness, it. man. Forget about it. I mean that that is absurd that they just add they someone might, like that so casually. They might have just gotten their CJ Gardner Johnson replacement from right there, maybe. Who knows? I mean, I how does I, how is Howie Roseman doing this? He's not he afraid to, to pick up the phone. He isn't afraid. That, that's, he'll, that's the thing. he'll try and get in there in for conversations about every player. If there's a player on the trade block, Howie Roseman will find out. It's just how much is he willing to offer versus how much are other GMs willing to offer. You got to give him a lot of credit for being as active as he is. Oh, absolutely. You got to. So, again, we're going to continue to talk a little bit more about Week 7 throughout the recording, but I just really quickly wanted to get some of the major headlines out of the way. 
the NFL is so great because of all these unpredictable outcomes that could occur throughout the game. I mean, there's a human element. That's what's great about sports, right? Nothing right. ever goes how it looks on paper. And mm-hmm. do you think this Buccaneers versus Bills game can be the same way? Many people favoring the Bills. Can the Buccaneers potentially pull off the upset here? I think they can, given like how bad Buffalo's offensive line's kind of been. And I feel like their D-line could cause problems. But And then also Buffalo's defense just, for some reason, not being able to stop the run and, um, you know... They have their own issues, so I could see a potential upset, but then again, I feel like given the way how Buffalo looked against um, New England and the fact that they lost in the fashion they did, like, side of me just feels like Buffalo's going to be a pissed-off team tomorrow night and just completely shut down the Buccaneers because it's Baker Mayfield, and Baker, like, despite him having a good season, like, He's kind of still like throwing into double coverage and you don't want to be doing that, especially against the bills. And, but I just feel like it's just one of those games where I feel like Buffalo's going to have a get right game and they're just going to probably lay a beat down to the Buccaneers and probably end up destroying them. But I can see why people would pick the Buccaneers to upset them because of how great um their, def- uh, how good their defensive line is. And, also with Buffalo's inability to stop the run. So so I can see the concerns, but I just feel like Buffalo might just have a get-right game at uh, tomorrow night. And I agree. I think the main thing here is the Bills have to get right. But let's be honest with ourselves here. I got a lot of right. hate for saying that Buffalo is going to end the season with nine wins and miss the playoffs. I got a lot of hate for that. But Oh, dude, the, I got the... a lot of hate for not picking the Bills to win that division. And I picked a hell a Jets with Aaron Rodgers to say like, yeah, they're taking that division because I was not moved by Buffalo. The reality now, obviously is obviously Rodgers is not hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the reality is that the Bills are a flawed football team, and not just flawed. I as see in, it as in, oh, their interior offensive line could be a little bit better. No, F- by flawed I mean they legitimately cannot have a consistent running game. It is incapable of occurring. Now, yeah, they'll have the occasional big play in the run game. Yes, absolutely. But when they're in a position where they need to run the ball and shoot clock, they can't do it. They're incapable of having a consistent ground attack. They haven't been able to do it for the entire Josh Allen era. So that's... They can't do it. I feel like they hate for some reason. Well, it's not even a hatred for him. When the guy gets the ball, it still isn't plays happening. Or not consistently. They'll Mm -hmm. run it on first down. They'll get two yards, three yards, as opposed to four yards, five yards, six yards even. They're not a team that does that. They aren't. Yeah, absolutely. They can't do it. And that's going to be their issue. Well, it's one of the many. It's one of the many. Like you said, the lackluster... The lackluster run, running defense. I don't think that's going to matter much against a Buccaneers team that, let's be honest, isn't good at running the ball. Much like They Buffalo. can't run either. Yeah. So I don't think the Buccaneers are really going to take advantage. But this is something that's going to continue to be exploited. It already has been exploited. And another thing, too, they don't have a consistent enough passing attack either. 
I mean, they, they don't. Can, they can work the passes within the first five yards, but Josh Allen doesn't want to. And when he starts to really take those shots, good things can happen and bad things can. It's out of doubt. And the Patriots yeah. have used that in that matchup. That's why the Patriots won. And exactly. Teams will continue to abuse that. Josh Allen won't always take what the defense gives him. He gets bored of that and he decides to start taking shots downfield. He's Absolutely. not like Mahomes where he can make the phenomenal plays, but he'll also just execute, take what the defense gives him when you ask him to. No, he'll make the absurd plays and occasionally he'll take the in-breaking route for five yards, but a lot of the time he's going to pass that up to try and make a ridiculous throw in between three defenders and sometimes he might be able to make it, but other times he won't and they'll lose because of it. This is a flawed Absolutely. football team, okay? And yep. Again, I still expect them to win against the Bucks, but this isn't a team that I think will make the playoffs. This isn't a team that I think is legitimately in that top tier in the AFC or even that next tier after that. Yeah. Can we have a conversation about the Dalton Kincaid pick? Because, like, realistic, realistically, like, if Buffalo hates to go for the short passing yard game, what was Kincaid used for? Well, like, Dorsey, I think that Dorsey wants to, but he is now noticing that Allen doesn't. And that's the problem. And listen, they'll take those passes occasionally. They did a good job when targeting the yeah. flats in that last game. The problem was that Allen wouldn't always take it. And that's been a problem for him for a while. I think Dorsey that really wants has. to take a little bit more of a dink and dunk approach but Allen refuses to yeah and Gabe Davis isn't always going to get that either Gabe Davis isn't a dink and dunk guy he's the big deep threat and Diggs is well that's what I'm saying like he's not going to always get the deep threats well there you go that's exactly it I think he's mainly there to extend the field threaten the teams that way and then you know they'll throw the in-breaking routes to Stefan Diggs They'll throw the right. passes to Dawson Knox and anyone else. But when Josh Allen does want to go deep, he'll throw it to Gabe Davis. Or also, Stefan Diggs can go deep. He Diggs. can do everything. Right. But yeah, I do think at the moment, the Kincaid pick doesn't seem to be aging too well. I, I agree with that. But yeah. Another pick that we don't really know how it's aging because we haven't really seen the guy, Will Levis getting drafted round two. He's supposed to make his first start against the Atlanta Falcons in Tennessee. How do you feel oh, yeah. about this game? How do you expect it to play out? I feel like this is going to be the game where we might potentially see Derrick Henry play his last game as a Titan. And that probably pains me to say this, because, like, obviously, he the Titans are not a good football team. And give credit to what Ryan Nielsen is doing right now for the for the Atlanta Falcons. That defense looks way, way better than, I, than we've seen the Falcons in years past. And I just feel like they're too much for the Titans where I think the Falcons could um, do some things where it's like either Malik Willis or Will Levis. They're going to cause problems for both for both of them. And I just feel like this is just going to be a game where Atlanta's defense is going to keep the Titans in check and Atlanta will run the ball or at least try. 
to run the ball or they'll either pass. But I just feel like it's going to be one of those games where it's like it's going to be a defensive slugfest just because of how good the Titans run defense is. And uh, Desmond Ritter can be a bit of a problem. Um, But really with uh, Will Levis, um, Malik Willis, I, I I don't know what to expect. I mean, this is a Falcons defense that's really not that bad. They've massively improved, and so they could cause problems. And maybe maybe there's a role stuff happens, but I feel like if you're Tennessee, they might have to just rely more on the run game, if anything, because I just don't know how Malik Willis and Will Levis can manipulate that Falcons secondary. That's kind of been okay, but not too bad as well. So. That's just my um that's my that's how I view this game. But the thing is I will say this might be Derrick Henry's last game, which kind of mm-hmm. sucks to say, but it might be a hit. His final game before they ship him off to hopefully the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. And for those of you unaware, he's obviously talking about the trade rumors sparking up about the Tennessee Titans and them mm-hmm. after removing Kevin Byard really being willing to get rid of anyone at any time, including right now, including Derrick Henry. And I agree, this game could very likely be a defensive game, low-scoring game. And these are two teams that both play well in those types of games. These are two teams Mm -hmm. that are built to win those types of games. Yep. But you see Tennessee kind of starting to go away from that identity, from that oh, you know, we're just going to pound your mouth with the football. We're just going to run the ball up your throat every single play. We're seeing them start to stray away from that under Tim Kelly. We're seeing them run a lot more of gun on first down for whatever reason. We're not seeing as much of a play-action game. And I think that might be better for Will Levis or Malik Willis, whoever gets the start. It's supposed to be Will Levis at the moment. I think that might be better for them, but overall for the offense, I don't really know. I don't think so. I know for a fact it doesn't work as well as just play action for Ryan Tannehill. I think that it would be way smarter to just stick to the approach that they've had for a while now. At least when Tannehill's in the game. But with Willis or with Levis, could be a different story. That being said, low-scoring game, Atlanta won't mm-hmm. have to rely on Desmond Ritter. I feel very good about that. Even if B. Oh, John yeah. has a headache again, I still think that they'll <laughs> win that game. That's oh, how yeah, I they feel. will. Yeah, I think, I think the Falcons should take care of it. I mean, run game, Arthur Smith will find some way. Could be a little revenge game. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just making stuff up at this point. But yeah, I just think that the um this could be I think Atlanta will try to like ground and pound and their run game's pretty good though. So yeah, I probably will expect the Falcons roll lean hev- heavily on the run. Now, let's talk about the first overall pick playing against the second overall pick from the 2023 NFL draft class. The Houston Texans are playing against the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. I'm personally taking the Texans in this one. Do you feel any different? Can we somehow get this to be the Sunday night game instead of Bears-Chargers? I don't know. 
Because I, I would like to see the first two overall picks battle out. But I will agree, I do think the Texans will win this game. Um, it kind of makes me sad that I have to say that. Because I am on the camp where I want the Panthers to turn things around for selfish reasons. If you know why, um, I am a Packers fan. I don't want the Bears getting uh, a pretty valuable pick or one of the top three picks in the draft. That's just me. So I'm kind of being a little selfish here. Yep. But but bias aside, um, I, I, I don't know how Carolina's doing it. And even with Thomas Brown now calling the plays, like, he was just been cooking. TJ Stroud's been awesome. Nico Collins, the breakout is here, and we're witnessing it. Yeah, it's not being talked about a lot. Nico Collins is awesome. Tank Dill, I think, is going to play again from that concussion protocol, and he's been very good for Houston. And I just, I just feel like Bryce Young does not have the reliable weapons for him to operate um, this Panthers offense. You can't rely on 33-year-old Adam Thielen to be your number one. They need to go make a move, um, probably like Jerry Judy, honestly. To probably help with Bryce Young. And I feel like that's what they need. They need a really good separator. Someone that could operate in the short game. Jerry Judy is good for that. And. But realistically. Like I just don't know how the Panthers win that game. And D'Amico Rice has been cooking so far. Oh yeah. Houston's defense has actually not been bad. Mm-hmm. So and like, this is I, despite I, not being overly talented. On that defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. Exactly. Derek Stingley's not even playing either from what I, if I'm not mistaken correctly. I haven't really seen much of Jalen Petrie. I wonder if he's actually been having like a really good season so far, but either way, like Houston's defense has stepped up. Like they're actually better than what they were in years past. So yeah, I, 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 I just don't know how the Panthers win that game. This might be, the Texans probably potentially destroying them, honestly, which kind of pains me to say because I really love Bryce Young. And this game is just going to start an immense amount of discourse about the Panthers taking Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. And then they'll run that Frank Reich clip over and over again about like his comments about like Bryce Young and like how he, he and management like kind of had disagreements and that they, they wanted to go different routes or somewhere around that line. There's going to be an immense amount of discourse for that. And it's just going to suck because like, I just don't know how the Panthers won that game. Well, the thing about this game is that mm-hmm. as much as people are going to brand it as this, it isn't going to come down to CJ Stroud versus Bryce Young. Okay. It's now, not. Personally, I had C.J. Stroud ahead of Bryce Young. I'm taking my victory lap. (laughs) But (laughs) this game isn't going to come down to which of those two quarterbacks play better. Because the reality is C.J. Stroud is in a much better position to succeed than Bryce Young. Just simple as that. Simple as that. You mentioned the wide receivers. You didn't mention the offensive line or lack thereof because they have been playing poorly. The offensive line hasn't been playing great. The defense hasn't been playing great. Overall, the Panthers are one of, if not the worst team in football. And the main reason why isn't because they're completely dysfunctional. You don't watch them and say, oh, that team is dysfunctional. How did they do this? How did they mess this up? No, 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 no. 
they're possibly the worst team in football because they don't have an identity on either side of the ball. They don't know what they want to do going into games, okay? They don't. They're not mm-hmm. dysfunctional in any matter. They're not right. the worst at any specific thing, but they're not average even at anything. Right. That's the problem. This team has nothing to build around, nothing to scheme in order to try and maximize, okay? Yeah. If you are Frank Reich, who I also mm-hmm. think hasn't done a great job, what right. are you trying to do? What exactly is your game plan? How are you trying to attack the average opposing NFL defense? You don't have a go-to guy. You don't have a great scheme that just gets guys open. You don't That's have a superb issue. quarterback, and you don't have a great running game. There's nothing to work yeah. with here. Absolutely. And that's why the Panthers are going to lose this game. That's why. Yeah. It's not going to come down to Bryce Young play bad. No, it's Bryce Young isn't good enough to elevate a roster that just can't do anything at a right. top 23 level. Yeah. He doesn't. Meanwhile, CJ Stroud, he's out here balling out. And I think a lot of that's coaching. A lot of that is him being surrounded by the right personnel. There's a lot of aspects to it. But overall, we both take the Texans on this one. So, Oh, yeah. Now, I'm hoping for us to differentiate on opinion here because we've agreed with each other for the past three. And I think this is one that, <laughs> this is one that I think could start to split that up because I think this game should be a really good one. The Jaguars at Steelers. What's the take? Ooh, I, I have a tough time. I have a tough, tough time predicting this game. Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm taking Jacksonville. As inconsistent as they are, and they are inconsistent. Yeah. They still, I think, are too loaded offensively for Pittsburgh even secondary has not been that good well it's not even like they're bad it's just Pittsburgh has Joey Porter who's been playing well Joey Porter has been awesome I will give him but they don't have a bunch of great great coverage guys because the thing with Jacksonville even though Mm -hmm. Calvin Ridley hasn't put up the numbers at the moment he threatens you a lot. He's someone oh, that you absolutely. really fear. Yes. Christian Kirk is someone that you feel legitimately threatened by. You yeah. feel like you have to stop him. You feel like you mm-hmm. have to stop Evan Ingram. You feel like you have to stop Travis Etienne. There's all these guys that I don't want to say are quite blue chip players, but they are players that every play, the defensive coordinator is like, we got to really watch out for him. And then also Zay Jones is good. But yes, every play, the defensive coordinators are like, we have to watch out for him. He can make a play here. He might be their go-to guy here. Every play, defensive coordinators want to say that. But how are you really going to bracket Calvin Ridley when you're worried about Christian Kirk? How are you going to scheme a way to 
really lock up Evan Ingram when you have to worry about Travis Etienne? How do you do it? There's too many guys that really threaten you. Even if they don't all put up the numbers, Pittsburgh doesn't have the talent in the secondary, in the just overall second level, to really stop that. In my mind, that's how I see it. And while Pittsburgh's pass rush can do damage and can prevent Jacksonville from really being able to take advantage of all these skilled guys they have as pass catchers and just ball carriers, while TJ Watt can prevent them from doing that, I also think Jacksonville's tackle duo has done a good job so far this year. And while they're not going to prevent TJ Watt from doing anything, I don't think TJ Watt can have some monster, you know, three sacks, one pick, and a forced fumble type of performance here. Yeah. And then Steelers offense is Steelers offense, just that simple. Yeah, that that's honestly what it was just coming to me. Like, you're dealing with Matt Canada. Mm-hmm. I don't know what – I feel like Jacksonville's defense is okay-ish. Not great, but okay-ish. Well, but what they, they do, what they do, and it yeah. was the same last year, they'll let you get into the red zone, but then they're going to make plays to either hold you to a field goal or first, or force a turnover. That's what they've been That's doing. Do. And they do a great job at it. Yeah. And the question is, do you think the Steelers will get enough field goals? Do you think that the defense can set them up in position to succeed enough to beat Jacksonville? Because I don't think Jacksonville is going to ball out and put up 27 points. Don't get me wrong. I still think the they Steelers' won't. defense is good. But yeah. I think that... Jacksonville is going to get enough for a weak Steelers defense or sorry, weak Steelers offense to not Mm -hmm. be able to keep up. And that's the predicament. Do you think that the Steelers defense can hold Jacksonville enough for Pittsburgh to win dirty? To me, I think no. What do you think? I can see why people would say yes. Just because, like, you're not stopping TJY. Cam Hayward's not been that, or... Cam Hayward's been hurt, hasn't he? He has or been hurt. He... It has been Keanu okay. Benton, who has done great, by the way. Oh, Benton's been great, yeah. And then also, um, Nick Herbig's not been bad. And it's Alex tough. Highsmith. Yeah, Highsmith's been incredible. Like, Pittsburgh's edge or... Pittsburgh's front sevens is really, really good. I think they can at least try and neutralize um, and at least get some pressure on Trevor Lawrence. And you have to remember Trevor Lawrence is playing on an injured knee. So like, he's kind of a little bit limited. We don't know how much he's, how he's going to be feeling then. So I could see that possibility, but I can also see Trevor completely dicing up that secondary because like, yeah, you might have to worry about Calvin Ridley, but like, like you mentioned, Christian Cook's been really good. And same thing with um, Evan Ingram. Travis Etienne's been awesome. So, like, Jacksonville, I think they could possibly pull this out, but it's going to be, like, a mean and dirty game where I feel like it's going to come down to possibly whoever's going to get the game-winning field goal. And while I can make the case for the Steelers to potentially upset, 
I think I'm I'm like after probably Pickett starting to be a little bit more comfortable, but even then, it's just Matt Canada does not inspire me any sort of confidence that I can pick an upset against the Jaguars team that I feel like could be on the could flip the switch and just be absolutely incredible because mm-hmm. I still am very high on Jacksonville and I still believe that this is a team that like the switch is been is waiting to turn on and it starts by getting Calvin Ridley more and more and more involved getting him the ball because that's the only way I think Jacksonville's offense is going to go nuclear and I feel like this is the week that they should do it and so while I do want to pick an upset for the Steelers, Matt Canada is, is just not giving me any sort of confidence. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, Patrick, I'm going to have to go with the Jaguars <laughs> as well. <laughs> yep. Okay. So we continue four for four. Yeah. We're either four for- both getting four games wrong or both getting four games right so far. It's either one or the other. Yep. So Rams at Cowboys. How do you feel about this one? Because I don't know about you, but I have the upset here. I'm also going to pick the upset oh and my go God. Rams. <laughs> I, I want to hear your reasoning. Who's stopping uh, Cup and Nakua? And Matthew Stafford's mm. been awesome. And Rams' offensive line has been has been way better than they were last year. Um, A Steve big Avila's reason why. I was just about to say a big reason why is Avila has played phenomenal. All right. He's been incredible. Mm-hmm. I still think the Rams O-line has its problems, but Avila has been big for them. He has. It's and way better than they were last year. We both have the same reasoning. Cup and Nakua, they just seem unbeatable at the moment. Stafford does a good job even when he's under pressure. Oh, for- yeah. The defense, despite not having big names, Akella Witherspoon's out here having the season of his career. Who would have expected oh, that breakout, yeah. right? I, I mean, oh, where'd I that mean. come from? And then Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald. I oh, mean, yeah. no Jalen Ramsey, no problem. We got Akella Witherspoon, <laughs> I guess. Akella. Kobe so, Turner's been pretty solid. He has then. been. He has been. And... Even without Kieran Williams, I don't think it matters too much. I like Zach Evans a lot, although he didn't do much in his big yeah. opportunity to break out last week. But I still think yeah. no matter who's getting carries, Daryl Henderson, Zach Moss, they have a third guy that I can't exactly remember right now. Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman, thank you. Mm-hmm. He's been in the league for what feels like forever, even though I know he's not even like 32. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, the point is, the Rams, even without the best group of guys, they just find a way to perform. They've made Nakua into a household name. They made Cooper Cup go on pace for 2,000 yards last year, or two years ago, and he's still balling out. I mean, and now Nakua is picking apart man coverage the same way he picked apart zone coverage in the first couple yeah, of weeks. That's the issue. So now it's like, what the hell do you do? This is a team that doesn't have Trayvon Diggs. This is a team that, yeah, the Cowboys are good. They do a lot of things well, and they are the favorites yes. in this game, and they have every right to be. Absolutely, for sure. And keep in mind, coming off a of bye, but you as a Packers fan, I think, know this better than anyone. Mike mm-hmm. McCarthy is not great off the bye. He never has Oh, been. no, he sucks. 
But uh, dude, oh my goodness. So for me, uh, that's, that's another, another thing. part of it. That's another thing. Are you trusting Sean McVay to coach an upset, or do you think are you going to trust Mike McCarthy to get an easy win here? And what do the Cowboys do better than anyone? Play down to competition. That's what they do. And the Rams, because of who's on their roster, because of who they're starting, because you look at that defense, at least going into this year, and say, who the hell is anyone except Aaron Donald? Right? And they've actually been solid. They've all been really, really good. But because they have that reputation, the Cowboys are going to go into this game with a, you know, really, let's play down to them type of ideology yeah. and they get punched in the mouth for fourth for four just quarters. like they did with the cardinals and look how same that way. turned out same exact way i think it's going to be the same exact way yeah so i guess we both agree on five games let's see if the streak continues with your green bay packers playing against the vikings in green bay <sighs> this is a game that <laughs> oh man I don't know if you've been seeing my tweets, but I'm calling the Vikings to beat us. I I just, like, here's the thing. Jordan Love has been struggling. I'm not putting it all on him. The Packers offensive line's not been great. Mm -hmm. I mean, losing Bakhtiari sucks, and then Elton Jenkins not being there, and then we have to see Royce Newman, of all people, not knowing when to block, how to block, and just letting guys go through him. And especially when you're going against a Brian Flores blitz defense, that's going to be problems, man. It's going to be problems for Jordan Love and him having accuracy issues as well. Like I just don't see any sort of reason how we can dice up Minnesota. Their defense is starting to like come together, and we saw it in the San Fran game how much improved Flores was um, in terms of their defensive personnel and how they're playing their guys. I feel like it continues in as much as I really want to pick the Packers to win this game because like, Oh, it's Vikings week. It's a rivalry and stuff. I really don't see it. And I feel like this is just going to be a game where I think Minnesota comes in and they probably will get the win over us. I wouldn't be shocked if Jordan Addison has a, another great game like he did last week because Joe Barry apparently loves to put Preston Smith in coverage, just like how the Vikings did last year with Daniil Hunter being on coverage. Preston Smith's being on coverage, like you saw in the Raiders game, where he had had that, had that one-on-one rep with Devontae Adams. He, I, I just don't know what to do with him. So like, the Packers are just broken right now. And combine that with the fact that we don't even know how to use Aaron Jones correctly. Like, I, I just don't, I like, I'm not getting any sort of optimism. And then with Christian Watson getting hurt too, yeah, like that, we don't that. have a downfield, tr- that really, really hurts. As much as people want to uh, talk about, oh, Christian Watson's heading towards like Chase Claypool territory. Oh, we should have picked George Pickens ahead of him, which, Honestly, I can understand why you would make the argument for George Pickens over him, but it's too early to say that. But losing Christian Watson is going to hurt us, especially if he misses time. And I don't even know if Luke Musgrave plays this game. 
because he's been Jordan Love's safety blanket outside of Romeo Dobbs. So, like, I, I just, like, the Packers are just broken, and I feel like the Vikings are going to do what the Bears should have done to us in week one. Okay. That's what I feel I, like it's going to be. I understand your concern. And, listen, this was not the game that I expected us to disagree on, in all honesty. I expect us to no. get to six. <laughs> and you're, you're right with a lot of those points. But for me, there's just two major two major things on both on one thing on each side of the ball as to why I think Green Bay will win this game. Pretty simple. I'll start with the Packers defense against the Vikings offense. Without a receiver putting up like an 100-yard day and just balling out, I don't know how the Vikings win football games. They need a receiver to pop off. And right. I know Jordan Addison had a field day against the 49ers on primetime television. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, Jordan Addison, he's a beast. Yeah. And that's cool. And, you know, he had a good performance. That's great. But Jair Alexander exists. I so don't even I, know if he plays. That's my issue, too. Is he dealing with injury? Is he supposed to miss this week? I think it was like he was suffering with the back injury like that he suffered a little earlier, though. I mean, I haven't really checked much of the practice report, but it really, really depends if Jair plays or not. But I so, know, like, he's been dealing with, like, issues with um, uh, his back and stuff. Like, he didn't play the uh, the Denver game. So, I looked it up. Uh, he did was practice. Back, he field. was back on the track. It says was back on the practice field Wednesday. Yeah. Cornerback Jair like, Alexander, who was inactive for Sunday's loss at the Broncos due to his troublesome back, was back on the practice field. That's nice to see. Yeah, I'm so also that's seeing good. it too. Although that being said, Darnell Savage and Eric Stokes going on the injured reserve is not that sucks, like man. Yeah, but for me, it's just about. Stopping Jordan Addison and then KJ Osborne. I mean, he's a good receiver. I don't think he's a game breaker. He's a good I, number three. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he's even like a low end two. I don't I think agree. he's gonna go off for a hundred yards. If he goes off for a hundred yards, the Vikings win this game. But oh, absolutely. Yeah. Jair Alexander, I think he's gonna lock up Jordan Addison, and in that situation, the Vikings offense, I don't really know what to think. Their running offense isn't good. They they can't run yeah, the ball. They can't run. And I mean, they might just have to rely on KJ Osborne and Powell. And I, I don't love their odds of winning a game that way. Then Packers offense against Vikings defense, I I mean it's very simple. You have LaFleur's West Coast offense against yeah. A team that runs a lot of soft coverage. Mm -hmm. He has made a career out of just picking those types of teams apart. If you're just going to sit there with a lot of soft coverage, not really get in the receiver's face, not really get tight to the line of scrimmage, at least your secondary guys not getting tight to the line of scrimmage, you are going to really struggle against Matt LaFleur because LaFleur takes advantage of that stuff for days. Oh yeah, He wants you to play back, and if you just do that, he's all good with it. He's all good mm -hmm. with it. And that's why I have the Packers winning this one. 
even though Jordan Love hasn't played great as of late, despite all of that, right. I'm still willing to take the Green Bay Packers in this game against their division rival. And it's in Green Bay. Yeah, that's also another thing. Apparently, we have the Vikings number recently in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So. so, another division rivalry game, the Patriots at Dolphins. Now, listen, the Patriots made an upset happen last week. Do you think it happens again here? No, I, think, no, I don't see it against the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And why I that? don't see it. I just think the Dolphins' run game is just too much. And them losing Gonzo, like, yeah, you might be able to shut down Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle still exists. And, like, yeah, Belichick's been good against the Dolphins, and we've seen that in the last game. I What concerns me about it is just how you're going to guard. Like, Jalen Waddle's been good. Like, I get it. He's, yeah. he's been kind of underperforming yeah. um, this season, but... He's Ty- been really good though. Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill might not yeah. play though. Does that make you? I mean, J.C. Jackson on Jalen Waddle. If he wins that matchup, J.C. Jackson, or even stays close in that matchup, and again, J.C. Jackson has played really well since coming back to New England. Do you think maybe Ooh, that, that makes this possible? That could be possible. I mean, I think I the Dolphins are really going to have to rely on. Claypool a lot in this one and to a lot of people that's a turnoff yeah I think I might oh yeah you're making me want to consider changing to the Pats well I I still am taking the Dolphins I'm just making the argument to the contrary I am maybe like I could see it though Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad pick. This should definitely be a game. And the Dolphins offensive think line is dealing with all those injuries. Yeah. Is Toronto Armstead even playing right now? Or I'm not sure at the moment. I, he might be. I'll, I'll look into that. But even with him playing, if he is, like, the other... Still an yeah, it's a really banged up... He... He sh- will not be playing. He got put on the IR October 6th. Oh, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sucks, man. Uh... It's a tough one. I it's think a it re- I, It's a tough one. I think the really ultimate deciding factor is what McDaniel does with his run game. Yes. For me. I, I agree with that. That's I the deciding factor. Overall... That, and really just the deciding factor is Patriots D-line versus Miami's O-line in terms of running the ball. Mm -hmm. Which team will get the better push? That's what this is going to come down to. If the Patriots stop the run, it's going to be their game. Because then it's you're worried about Waddle and who else, right? If you're able to stop the run game with just your guys up front, without blitzing, without really changing what you do secondary-wise... Mm-hmm. Then you're just worried about Jalen Waddle, and you're worried about Tua picking apart. That's really it. If you can stop the run, but how much so, can Tua really do it without his two great wide receivers? How can he do it with only Waddle? Do we think he can? And that's another thing. Yeah, that's what's really going to come down to. 
Is Tua really that guy? Well, that's what it's going to come down to if the run game can't get going. Yeah, if the run game doesn't go, you're forcing Tua to pick apart that defense, and we're going to see if Tua's able to do that. Or was it really because of how insanely good Tyreek Hill is that it makes makes it easier for Tua to probably Mm -hmm. pick apart that defense? So we'll have to see. Can Tua methodically do it? If the Dolphins run game shut down, that is something that I'm willing to look into um, this game. But I think it really, but I do agree. It's really going to be how New England responds to Miami's run game. If Miami gets the run game going, I don't see a way where New England um, wins because, like I mentioned, their offense is pretty broken right now. Ramondre Stevenson has been uh, like, I'm a big fan of him, but even he's not been pretty good so far this year, which I'm not going to blame it on him for. It's the inefficiencies-wise. Um, the way that you get the Dolphins is also utilizing your tight ends because that's one area that you can exploit the Dolphins' defense, and it's really much can Mac Jones get to Hunter Henry or Mike Isicki, see what happens, you know. But realistically, like, I just think it's the trenches are you gonna stop the run if you're new england and if you can maybe there's a chance you can win that game Mm -hmm. i have the dolphins winning just because the patriots offense is horrific and yeah they look good last week week. i'm not gonna deny that i don't have much faith in them doing it back to back weeks i'm sorry i really just don't and yeah while we're on the topic of horrific Horrific offenses. <laughs> How about we talk about that Saints team that just checks the ball down every play against the oh, Colts boy. in Indianapolis? Who do you have here? Give me the Colts. I agree. I'm taking the Colts. Listen, it's Derek Carr has not been good. Like no, he, not as at someone all. that's someone that's been a huge Derek Carr fan who has defended Derek Carr in the past, made arguments for him being better than guys like Kirk Cousins, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, went healthy and all that stuff. No, it's not looking good. And I wonder if his shoulder is still banged up. Because, like, either he's missing Olave, they're not connecting, or he's just checking it down quite often. I don't know what it is with him, but... The Colts have seemingly not been a bad team so far. Like, yeah, despite them like not um not being this not being incredible defensive wise and all that stuff, but their defense still has some good playmakers. And that could be an issue for the Saints O line. Like DeForest Buckner is still really, really good. You're gonna have to find a way to stop him. I don't know if anyone on the Saints uh, on the Saints O line can do it. Now, I will give the Saints a little bit of a props here. Their defense has been pretty solid. They've been good so far. But it's just really... I I just don't know how Derek Carr can do it. Like, I, I'm losing faith in this man. Like, m- quick, more and more and more as the days go by. And it, it, it really sucks. Like, I think y- you have to connect with um, Chris Olave. Because he's their best receiver. 
but I, I just don't know what what what's going on. Like Camara checking it down to him, like that's not gonna win you games. Like, yeah, it would be good for fantasy football for those those mm-hmm. people that have Alvin Kamara in fantasy, but that's not helping the Saints win this game. Like, I, I just don't know. I feel like the Colts are gonna do it. And shout out to Josh Downs. He has been act he's been really really good so far mm-hmm. and him being a slot receiver like for that size and for him to be having the season that he's having right now having a rookie campaign putting himself as one of the best receivers in this draft class conversation like he's already a top five receiver rookie wide receiver right now i'm willing to make that argument josh has been really good and as long as if he continues to play the way that he is michael pittman's been solid like I just don't know how how the Saints uh beat uh beat the Colts this game. I think Indy takes that game. It could be an ugly game, but I'm willing to take Indy for that one. Like Derek Carr is just the biggest reason why I'm against the Saints right now. Just to give a number to your uh comment on Alvin Kamara and how much the ball's being checked down to him. Alvin Kamara leads all running backs and targets despite only playing four weeks with a whopping 39. <laughs> yeah, that, that's almost 10 per game, for those of you that can't math. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, mm, kind of concerning. And it's not like the guy is doing great when he... It's not like he's doing well when he gets the ball. He is averaging 5.1 yards per reception. So, uh, I don't know if they should keep doing that. This comes down to one thing and one thing only. And I also have the Colts winning in case it isn't clear by how I am slandering their offense. Mm -hmm. The Colts offense has been remarkably consistent. They're the only team in the NFL that has finished with 20 or more points in every single game this year. While the Saints offense... The Saints offense has been remarkably predictable. The fact that I, as someone that is a fan, I I guess an analyst even, if I'm willing to fancy myself (laughs) to that extent, the fact that I'm able to watch the Saints and just predict the outcome of every play for a full drive, speaking from experience right now, it's bad. Yeah. It is bad, it's predictable, that it's not good at all. Pete Carmichael, Pete Carmichael might have been great when Sean Payton was around to really handhold him, but now that Sean Payton isn't around, it's awful. Oh no, it's bad. It's, it's bad. a disaster. It's bad. It's a mitigated and disaster. It sucks because they kicked the can down the road so much just to continue to be mediocre, and now they lock themselves into this spot. And I said this during the offseason, I said this oh, multiple times. The Saints have put themselves in purgatory by continuing to kick the can down the road, continuing to hopelessly dream of being competitors when in reality they're just not good enough. They're going to lose to the Colts, and this is just such a team that I think is almost uninspired, and it makes me think an upset. I know what they say about any given Sunday, but it feels a lot less possible than it should. Yeah. So, I also take the Colts here. Also, are you trusting Steichen's play calling, or are you going to trust... I, I love Steichen. Or Mike. 
Exactly. I'm a huge Steichen fan. Steichen has done a what? great job, like we he's were just incredible. saying. Yeah. He's done yeah. great. He has done great. Zach Moss has been really good so far. Who would have yeah. expected that? Yeah. And now they have Jonathan Taylor. I mean, all of a sudden, that's one of the best two-headed monsters in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah no slam dunk. Give me the Colts. Like I, I the Saints are just a mitigated disaster right now. I, I every single thing like you just mentioned, kicking the can on the road. This was the time that they should have blown it up. Like instead I, they signed Derek Carr, who I think is worse than Andy Dalton. He's honestly heading that way, and well, it I, I think that Andy Dalton is the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. That's a take for a whole nother time. But I think that Andy <laughs> Dalton has been playing, at least when he gets on the field, has been playing really good. He was their quarterback. He wasn't doing bad at all last year. Yet they yeah. felt, they still felt the need to go ahead and sign Derek Carr, putting themselves in an even worse salary cap spot than they currently were What in. was the point of them keeping Jameis in to begin with? Great question. I really would like to know that because, it, yeah, the Saints, man. Uh, to any Saints fans that listen to this, I, I deeply apologize, but I am pretty sure that you're feeling the same exact way right now. They because my goodness. like They absolutely are. Now, before I'm we continue, so, so bad for a while. Before we continue yeah. to just talk about <laughs> – the most, I'm sorry again, Saints fans, they're going to hate me. The most uninteresting <laughs> team in the sport and a team that will continue to be uninteresting for the next five years. Let's oh, talk yeah. about the two most or two of the most marketable teams in the NFL who both play in the same area. The Battle of New York, the Jets against the Giants. Who do you have here? Ooh. Okay, this is going to be a nasty defensive game. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, it should, it should this, be. This is what, what is is. Do you trust the Jets' run game and Brees Hall against the Giants' defense, or are you going to trust the Giants with Saquon going back and forth? Tyler Taylor has actually been solid, but then again, I agree. I agree. I've been saying that he, ever since that Bills game. I, I've been saying he should be the starter for the team. I'm not necessarily saying he's better than Daniel Jones, but for the situation they're in where they need he's someone competent. that can, they need someone who could improvise better or not even, no, they need the opposite. They need someone who could avoid the scramble drill plays by getting the ball out quick. They need a veteran yeah. who could really elevate the rest of their team. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Saquon Barkley is a great player. If you could just get the ball in his hands, Get the ball in Wandale Robinson's hands. Get the ball in Jalen Hyatt's hands. Good things are going to happen. Wandale and good. And Wandale the reality good. is that Daniel Jones hasn't been able to distribute the ball to the extent that Tyrod Taylor can. Da Daniel Jones might yeah. be more of a playmaker, but Tyrod Taylor has been a better distributor. And that's what they need I agree. Right now. And yep, yeah, and that works for this Giants offense, and that's how you're gonna how the Giants offense will be functional. It seems like Daniel Jones is either looking at Darren Waller or he's taking a sack. And that's, that's exactly what it, what it is. And I know the O line is bad, 
But it's not a coincidence that Tyrod Taylor is getting sacked an average of 3.5 times a game, which I know isn't very good. But it's better yeah. than... It's better the than Daniel Jones. Better? It's better than Daniel Jones's six times a game. Exactly. With the same O line, so you know it's not just an O line issue. It's Daniel Jones not recognizing stuff, recognizing stuff that Tyrod Taylor does because he's been in the league for a long time. Yeah. I think that they're a better team with Tyrod Taylor under center or I agree. behind the center. I agree completely. But I think anyway. Tyrod. Tyrod, I think, runs that offense way better than Daniel Jones. I agree. And I feel like the Giants are probably regretting giving that contract right now. Oh, without probably a looking doubt. At it and without they have to doubt. be regretting. Without a doubt. They have to be regretting this. But I'm going to go with the Jets, deep. Jets, and it's just because I'm banking on how awesome their defense is. Sala being incredible. And yes, Zach Wilson's been bad, but the Giants really don't have anyone that could scare you offensively besides outside of Saquon and maybe Darren Waller. The Jets have Garrett Wilson and he's phenomenal. And same with Breeze Hall. But I feel, but so I'm, I'm going to side with the Jets. I could see why the Giants could pull it off just because Tyrod just distributing the ball. But then again, I think it's just, you're depending on what, which defense is better. And for me, I'm going to go with the Jets. And the thing is, too, that the Jets are coming off a bye. Oh, yeah. That is the, yeah. That's, so that that's one thing. And the thing about Garrett Wilson is he's good against zone. Don't get me wrong. He is good against zone. But he excels yeah. against man-to-man coverage. Absolutely. He does. And the Giants do a lot of that. They do. And yeah. it's very likely that Deontay Banks is the guy on him. And I like Deontay Banks. So I, I had him as the second best cornerback in that draft class. Oh, I love, I still love Banks. But I don't think he's quite capable of keeping up with the Garrett Wilson at the moment. Not none of yet. the Giants corners. None of the Giants corners yeah. are capable. Of none that. of them are. And they're going to be trusting them in man coverage. Now, maybe they'll, you know, send someone else over to try and help deal with Garrett Wilson. But that's how paths are going to open up for the other receivers on that offense. Absolutely. So I'm taking the Jets just like you. And listen, the Jets don't have to score 30. They get to a solid 24, 21 points. They should win. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, they they should, they could easily win that. Absolutely. And listen, their defense is just insane and just so magical and so fun to watch. The way Sala schemes his guys up and the way he uses Sauce Gardner and his safeties, I, I, I am such a big fan of what, what the Jets have cooking up. So, right, realistically, like, yeah, like you mentioned, Garrett Wilson is such a is such a um savant in man coverage. So like, it really just Zach Wilson, just give it to Garrett Wilson and he and he'll take care of the rest. That's really all I'm I'm asking Zach Wilson to do. Him and then Brees Hall should be. Yeah. And Brees Hall should be very phenomenal. So yeah, I'm taking the Jets to win that game. Now let's talk about the Giants division rivals playing against each other head to head in Washington. <laughs> Eagles at Washington. Who do you have? Ooh, uh, Sam Howell's been struggling. I really yes. want to pick the commander so bad to upset. Okay. But 
I feel Kevin Byard, if he plays that game, Oof. I think he makes an immediate impact. He most likely but, will. And the Titans are really just <laughs> saying, here, uh, Philadelphia, take our Infinity Stones. Hey, we'll give you Derrick Henry if you want. Take him. Yeah, I, I, as, just make sure you throw Terrell Edmonds in there. In there you yeah, know? throw Terrell Edmonds in there. Yeah, let's do that. H- we'll him him a sixth and a seventh sounds like perfect return for a perfect top return. five safety absolutely. in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I'll definitely take give up a top five safety for that package. Absolutely. Let's do that. Anyways, Washington's O-line versus Philly's D-line. Yikes. <laughs> that, it's and so... Sam Howell doesn't know how to avoid a sack. Doesn't know how yes. to get the ball out on time. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be Phil- a lot of negative Washington... plays. They don't even use Jahan Dotson. Why do they hate Jahan Dotson? What did Jahan Dotson and do? The weird thing is... Staff? The weird thing is you would think enemy would love a guy like that. That's what I find so strange about it. You would think that enemy would love Jahan Dotson just with the plays he likes to draw up. But yes. he hasn't he hasn't really used the guy. You're you're completely right. He hasn't really used Terry McLaurin either. Instead, with how loaded that I don't want to say loaded, but they have two guys that really deserve their targets, but instead Logan Thomas is the, you know, ideal yeah read the first read on a lot of these plays which i really don't get making this like it's the chief's offense yeah where you have curtis samuel like as their mccall hardman gadgety guy like terry and john dodson are right there like i don't know why they're not using them right but yeah i i I will not understand it Mm -hmm. and it sucks too too because it's ruining eric b enemy's chances of getting a head coaching job Well, it makes you question if he even deserves one. Again, maybe there is a reason that he isn't maybe. getting the job. And maybe now we're just realizing it's all Andy Reid at this point. I don't want to say all, but a large part of it. Yeah. Very well could be. And listen, I don't think Biennemi is like the worst coordinator in the league. Like he, he I, It's not. He's not Matt Canada, but does he seem like some <laughs> coordinator that's so good that he needs a head coaching job? I don't think so. At least not yet. Yeah. Not yet. He's not there yet, unfortunately. I, I do agree there are a lot of concerns in terms of Washington's offense versus Eagles defense. What about Eagles offense versus Washington's defense? Don't you feel better about that or no? If they continue to put Emmanuel Forbes on A.J. Brown, I might feel a little bit better about Philly's offense. Cause yeah, I, yeah, that would be a mistake. Because See, someone that big against someone that small is never going to end well. And ha- I don't know if Washington has anyone that's going to slow down A.J. Brown. And he's been on a tear recently. But so like, I... it's important to keep in mind, A.J. Brown was on a tear last time that Washington played against them, and the game still went down to overtime. That is true. And that for is me, true. so I'm telling you right now, I actually have the upset in this one because Washington has wow. had their number. Yeah, I know it's not like, listen, the Eagles are the better team. There is no doubting that. Oh, I agree. Yeah, for sure. No one's going to deny that. I think everyone agrees that Philly is the better football team here. But, right. I mean, I'm a big guy to look at trends, and the trend has been Washington just has Philly's number. They do. 
Philly yeah. was I don't, I don't on, hate it. Philly was on a huge winning streak. I believe a nine-game winning streak. It might have even been ten, maybe eight. But they were on a massive winning streak Yeah, last year. And then who ended it? Washington. This year. Oh, Washington. Washington oh. lost to them 34-31 to in overtime earlier this year. Now Sam Howell only has more experience. Now things have only gotten better for that team. They have more of an idea of what plays they like to run. Mm-hmm. I really do think Washington will win this game. It's not a bad take. It's not a bad pick. But I, most I most logic says yeah. Eagles should win. So I'm not going to act like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You're, well, you're not yeah, looking at the trends if you're saying Philly's winning. Like, no. Philly has every right to win this game. All the absolutely. logic says Philly should win this game. A.J. Brown right. is going to have another field day. Yeah. The only thing that I look at that Washington is going to really be able to maximize the one matchup that they're going to win from like a skill perspective is their D line. Yeah. Won't get ran over to the extent that other teams have gotten ran over by that Philly yeah. low line. Right. Like they're one of the few teams in the NFL that could go stride for stride with the Eagles O line using their D line. Yeah. Like no other I can team can it. challenge them. No other team. And it's also important to keep in mind that the two edges on Washington's defense, they're yeah. auditioning for another team. So they're, that's a little bit extra incentive to really ball out tonight or in this game. I agree completely. By the way, I don't even see why Washington should move on from Trace Young. That's something well, that I'm, I, I don't understand why teams are I think. This is a team that needs to just completely scrap what they had going. I really do. I think this is a team that just has to completely reinvent itself. Completely. Completely. I can see it. I think that's why they didn't pay Chase Young. And I also think they're worried about his injuries. They want to sell him before he gets injured again. They don't want to build their player or their defense around a player that can't stay around. That's why they gave Duran Payne that check. Well, that check makes no sense because they drafted Federian Mathis. But believe it or not, I think Washington yeah, might not be uh I think they might be a dysfunctional franchise. I know that's a hot take. But <laughs> Yeah. Well, under new ownership probably well, it would Well it would, now that's won't. why I'm saying they need to reinvent themselves. Ron Rivera is gonna be fired after this year. He will. He whether he's or not Bienemy gets promoted or he even stays, I, I have no idea. But I think the team is going to be completely reinvented. And I think part of that reinvention is going to be getting rid of Chase Young. But who do you have yeah. one of this? Um, I'm going to take Philly. But very I will say I will very fair. I will say that it will be a very very close game that Well, it always it is. Could, it always uh, is. It's gonna, it the like, Washington is going to give them hell, which I'm going to expect it. But yeah, I just feel like Philly is going to find a way to win this in a closing or a fascinating and in fashion that like how you win close games i'll see that happening could be like a sam howell pick or something who knows but it will be a game where yeah it's gonna be a close where two teams are gonna slug it out with one another it'll just come down to whether if philly has the lead and if sam howell is gonna deliver 
or is he going to throw like a game winning pick or something? Like that's what it really comes down to. So I think it's just really is is Sam Howell going to evade pressure and that stuff? That's really the biggest key. So Browns at Seattle. This should be a damn good game, if you ask me. I am. I love this one. Even with PJ Walker playing, I think this should be a good game. It should be, without a doubt. Jim, Jim Schwartz, man. Well, that's oh my. The thing is, the thing that sucks is, in order to watch this game, we also have to watch a Cleveland offense do probably about nothing all game, which yeah. sucks. But you know, when Seattle has the ball, that'll be an interesting battle. Gino kind of has been a little concerning. Like he's, like he's not terrible, not to what he was the last season though. Like he took a little bit of a dip in like in terms of like a little bit of his play. But I will say part of it was his O line. Mm-hmm. But then again, Brown's defensive line. I'm sorry, Jim Schwartz is cooking, and I feel oh, yeah. so bad. I feel so bad for like the sane and logical Browns fans that have to witness this because we are witnessing possibly the best defense in football right now. And it's getting wasted by how putrid and how awful their offense has been. And like, even with Deshaun Watson's playing, it's not been good. And now you're having PJ Walker who, which don't get me wrong. He's had his moments, but man, dude, it's just so bad that they're getting a, that this is an awesome defense that is just being ruined just because of how subpar their offense has been. It That's suck, just one thing. It sucks that Chubb went down. It really, it really does. does. Nick because Chubb, at like, least really then they could down. be like, oh, PJ Walker's in the game? Oh, it's fine. Nick Chubb just had 30 carries for 200 yards. Like, Oh, okay. absolutely. But now it's and like now, he's Ford not in. Now. And, yeah, Jerome Ford was also playing well. Maybe not quite Nick Chubb well, but he was playing well, and now he's hurt yeah. too. And you know what? I hope this happens, but it might not because he hasn't impressed at all yet in the NFL, but I was really high on Pierre Strong out of South Dakota State. Mm-hmm. I, that sounds like a joke, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I was actually really high on him. And I, I think Kareem Hunt is ahead of him on the depth chart, I believe. But Yes, he is. I'm hoping that this is like a Pierre Strong breakout game. I really am because this is a guy I who, think you can see – some, he has a lot of talent. Here. He has a lot of talent. I hope he does. They give him a fair share of carries. I hope he has a good game and really proves, hey, I could be a legitimate running back in this league. Because, mm-hmm. well, let's be honest, he's fighting for a roster spot at the moment. And yeah, I mean, Jerome Ford and Nick Chubb going down. This is a beautiful opportunity for you to prove yourself beyond just being on the punt team of the New England Patriots. Right. Right. So. I'm excited for that. And I also think with this Cleveland defense that you mentioned, and they're all so great, I'm not denying that. The casual fans, I'm not saying that as like a derogatory term, but a lot of the like casual fans <laughs> think about the Browns defense and they're like, oh man, that defensive line is great. But I don't even think that's a highlight of their defense. I think they have the best cornerback trio in the entire NFL. When fully I healthy. Agree. Denzel Ward... Oh, yeah. Newsom, Greg Newsom, yes, and Martin Emerson. It doesn't They've get better awesome. than that. They've all been great. All three of them. Great. 
Yes. And that's part of the reason their defensive line is able to wreak so much havoc because they're able to blitz and still trust their guys in coverage. Mm-hmm. And they also have extra time to get to the quarterback because their guys are so good in coverage. Yeah. But Seattle has three good receivers. And, of course, the third is is Jake Bobo, not JSN. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they have, a, they have a deep receiver room. It's not JSN. It's Jackson and Jigba, by the way. <laughs> that's what they called in the draft i remember yeah that that whatever <laughs> one of the moments of all time <laughs> definitely was i mean it's no jake bobo run out of 499 but it's all right yeah uh but yeah hey, jake, bobo, jake bobo he's good. played well he's played they have a deep receiver room he is a legitimate asset to that receiver room yeah and because they are deep they absolutely need denzel ward to be healthy in this game and he is dealing with a concussion. I tried to do as much research as possible going into this podcast, and I could not find a definitive answer as to whether or not he's playing. So as for my prediction for this game, and I hate doing this, but I'm going to anyway, if Denzel Ward plays, I have Cleveland winning. If mm-hmm. he doesn't, I have Seattle winning. Yeah, that's the difference maker. Now that you're mentioning it. Also, DK Metcalf didn't play last game, so I don't know whether if he plays. I believe he's supposed to. But if he does it, then like you're then not. Then it doesn't matter. Then yeah, then the Cleveland wins. Well, I wouldn't say it's over. It'll still be a good game, but yeah, I, I listen. Denzel Ward. I eventually want to make like a film analysis on him because he had a really really good. Yeah, DK Metcalf practice today. Oh, okay. But Denzel Ward has had a really, really good season. Yes, he has. So I'm hoping it continues with a great game against Seattle. And I think he'll be key for Cleveland potentially winning this game. Because they they need their defense to not just be good. They need their defense to... Make plays. They need to get sacks. They need to force fumbles. Just they need like to get they did picks. In the game. Exactly, exact same way. But the difference is, don't allow thirty-one points. Uh, but yeah, it, it should be a really good game. You have who mm-hmm. winning? Um, actually, yeah, I might actually have to go with the Browns and like. Like you mentioned, obviously, Denzel Ward's their biggest key. And even if Metcalf plays or not, like, it still doesn't matter. It's up to Denzel Ward. Kenneth Walker has been really, really good. The Browns have been a pain in the butt against the run game. Like, you cannot run on them. And if you're shutting that man down, you're going to have to force Geno to, like, throw to Tyler Lockett, JSN, that's it. Without DK Metcalf, that's going to make it a little harder. Now, I don't want to use this as the slander Geno Smith, but I don't think he is going to try to manipulate this, a defense of that type of caliber. And I don't know whether if Seattle's O-line's fully healthy yet, which also is another determining factor, because if that O-line's still banged up, then Cleveland's going to have a... De- uh, it's going to have a... I don't want to say a field day, but they're going to have their moments and they'll get to Gino. They'll sack him. They'll make plays. Um, and so like, I I'm also going to go with Cleveland, but I do think this is going to be one of those slug fests and Seattle's offense. I uh, defense actually 
they actually have some really good playmakers. Devon Witherspoon, as oh, much yeah. as like we've the the two of us on draft night on draft night were coming at the Seahawks for making that pick at at fifth overall. I'm sorry, we're eating our I'm eating my words oh, right now. Are you kidding? I I I would love to eat my words for that one. Put me, on old takes exposed. <laughs> Put me on old takes yeah. exposed. I mean, it was old bad for us exposed. to say that. Here we I were saying, so oh, Kobe Bryant, right? Yeah. Is that Kobe Bryant is a fine cornerback too. They didn't need to make that pick with, uh, who did we, was the edge that went to the Raiders, Tyree Wilson. He was on the board yeah. there, right? We were saying they should have taken him instead, but that that's not really Pete Carroll's MO. He wants to build the secondary first. Yeah, and you know what? Fine, he, it works. It, it works, and it okay. works. And the type of corner that Witherspoon is—that's what Pete Carroll loves. Yeah, someone that's physical, not afraid to get uh, not afraid to get dirty. Like he—he's that guy. Witherspoon's been he's incredible, man. Really well, yes, absolutely. Like he's making a defense of the rookie of defensive rookie of the year case right now. He's been really, really good. So like, so yeah, like. So I think they're going to probably match it with Amari Cooper, which is my expectation. And uh, so I think uh, Witherspoon will win that just because I'm not trusting P.J. Walker. Mm -hmm. So I do think Seattle's defense could make some plays and get themselves in. But at the end of the day, like I can probably see the Browns winning it. And it's just going to be whether if uh, D.K. Metcalf is fully healthy to play this game, which I do think he might play. And then, obviously, like you mentioned, Denzel War being their key. And also, Seattle's O-line. You're going against yeah, probably one not... of the best D-lines exactly. in football, though. The, it really comes down to this. Yeah. Both offenses aren't going to play overly great. Right. And while the Seahawks' defense is good. Yes. And they prevent the other team from scoring. The Browns' defense scores. <laughs> The Browns yeah, defense can gets the offense in position to score. Seattle, yeah, I they'll agree. make you punt. Maybe they'll get a three and out. The Browns, they are going to force a fumble, and they'll get the ball inside your 30. Absolutely. And that's the difference here. So the next game I want to talk about is the Ravens at Cardinals. I think we both have the same pick on this one, right? Yeah, I mean, After I'm, how the Ravens um, played last week. How can you not? How you can can't, you not? You cannot pick against them. They legitimately looked like the best team in the NFL last week. And I oh, said, dude. I said going into this year that the Ravens are going to be 14-3. And a lot of people are saying, oh, in the AFC North, that's impossible. But this is the Ravens team that I expected to see. And now and we're seeing the team that they are capable of being. It's just the consistency. Will we see the consistency? We're deeper into the season. They seem to have found their identity. They seem to know what works. Will we see the consistency from them? Todd Munkin had a great game. Not, I'm not just saying that because of the numbers they put up. He had some great play calls, great play designs in that game. Right. I really like where this Ravens team is heading, and I'd be extremely surprised if they end the momentum by losing to the Cardinals of all teams after a week like last yeah. week. Give our props to Jonathan Gannon because apparently I thought he was giving me Nate Hackety vibes, but he's been proving me wrong. Oh yeah. But yes, I I fully agree. Mm-hmm. It's 
the Ravens, like uh, the Cardinals, like they'll try. And that that's something I'm going to give them credit for. They're going to show some effort, but the Ravens are too much. And like you mentioned, the, the ass kicking that they gave to the Detroit Lions. If that's the Ravens team that we're going to be getting like for the rest of the season, that's a team that's going to the Super Bowl. I can see them dethroning the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And if Lamar continues to, and if the way that Lamar keeps playing right now, where you're buying him time in the pocket and he's methodically beating you by throwing the football, if Lamar is going to keep doing that, not only is Lamar Jackson going to win the MVP, Baltimore could legitimately challenge Kansas City right now. And I think we're going to have a hell of an AFC championship game. And if if we want to bank on a team potentially preventing Mahomes to go into that Super Bowl, that Ravens team can do it. If they continue to play uh, the way that they did against the Detroit Lions, I can see it. Like yeah, I'll, I'm, this, I'm not going to deny it. Yeah, it's going to be a hot take for a lot of people because it's Mahomes and you you can never bet against him, and that's totally understandable. Mahomes is is so fucking fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but Baltimore, the way that they're using Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews. I, I, it's just wow. So, and listen, this is the team that I kind of want them to go get Derrick Henry because, oh my goodness, their run game is going to be magical. If the Eagles, have- if the Eagles get to get Kevin Byard, we need a balancing act in the AFC to we know, need the balancing it. act, and it would counter- be Derrick Henry going to Derrick- the Ravens. I think it would be a perfect fit for him. Yeah, I, it would. Team. It would. Oh my god! And the run schemes that they run. Oh my god! They they want to shove it down your throat, oh, and definitely. Henry will allow them to do that at a very high level. I mean, Ricard lead blocking for him on a read option involving Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah, that it doesn't is, get better. It's it is going to be one of the best run games we've ever seen. Like instantly. So yeah, I I really want. Baltimore to go get Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. but but like like I mentioned, the offense, the way that they played, and their defense stepping up and being well, really good. Yeah, the defense that, that, has been really good. Yeah, Roquan Smith and I, I just really quickly want to say, along with you know all the playmakers on that offense, the offensive line had a Ron ridiculous, Anthony. ridiculously good game. Ronnie Stanley played. Amazing. Awesome. When that old line's healthy, I mean, it's crazy the things that could happen. But yeah, absolutely. we both have the Ravens winning that, right? There, yes. There's no doubt. Now, yeah, absolutely. Since we're on the topic of just easy games, and you were talking about the Chiefs, so I just want to get this game out of the way. Chiefs at Broncos. Very easy one. We both have the Chiefs, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the have- Broncos have looked pathetic, frankly. And, again, any given Sunday, I like to say that whenever I talk this pessimistically about a team. But yeah. This is not one of those games where you can say any given Sunday. Nah, you, you could say it about any game. Like, it's always possible, but right. no one's going to try and predict it. I, I mean, the Broncos just haven't been good. They, they simply haven't. Sean Payton, his offense just doesn't fit Rush. 
Russ. It just doesn't. They don't have a great yeah. arsenal of weapons, and the defense is horrendous. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. Yeah, man. It's like, sorry, I, there's not really much more for us to say here. Oh. Vance Joseph, I, the Broncos going from a top three defense in the league last year to now a bottom three defense. Without losing stuff. many players, too. Yeah, it's, they need to be studied. Mm-hmm. And oh, it, it, also, it also makes it baffling how the Panthers' defense isn't amazing. Because this should be a statement on Ajaro Evero is amazing. I mean, look at how bad this Broncos' defense is now and yeah. how good it was last year. But then you look at Ajaro Evero, who was the Broncos' defensive coordinator last year, and... The Panthers' defense isn't very good. So it's just like, what? <laughs> it doesn't really yeah, make I much sense. I, I I don't get it at all, but But whatever. yeah, I do agree, though. I do agree that Sean Payton and Russ do not fit. And I feel like Russ might get moved at some point, which is going to be very impossible for the Broncos to do because they put themselves in that position. Now Russ's contract isn't a major issue. Like, nothing's going to be fixed in Denver. And it's just like... Russ thrives off of him playing out of structure, and Sean Payton is trying to force this man to play in structure. Yeah, like, I, 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 it's it's bad. And all the the inbreaking routes they used to run with Breeze just don't work for Russ. I, I, it's not yeah. a, it's far from a match made in heaven. Uh, it's just that simple. Yeah. And the Chiefs are just the Chiefs. They'll they'll toy around with them. It's not going to be a game, really. Maybe it'll be close for a little bit, but the Chiefs are we'll eventually going to run away. Yeah. yeah. And I'm and I'm sorry, Bears fans, because I'm going to mention about Aaron Rodgers and his record with the Bears, but Patrick Mahomes and the Broncos, this is exactly what we're witnessing right now. Another Aaron Rodgers owning the Bears. Like, we're witnessing that with Mahomes and the Broncos. That's just, yeah. I'm going to just throw that out there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it's just easy. And the Chiefs defense has been pretty good so far. Um, I'm actually been very impressed with how Trent McDuffie's been playing so far this season. For oh the yeah, Chiefs. McDuffie was great last year, and he still is phenomenal. He's even better this year, so it's like oh, awesome. McDuff. Oh. I loved McDuffie. I, I loved too. McDuffie for a while now, and I- I'm glad people are finally starting to recognize his name in like that top seven cornerback discussion because he is really oh, that yeah. good. He is He's tremendous. Been- yeah. Yeah, and that entire Chiefs defense is really damn good. Yeah. Bag finally has the guys that he can confidently run his defense on. Yeah. Been awesome. Carl Laftis has been really good, man. Well, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys in that defense that aren't exactly household names, but they probably should be. It, it's they, a, oh, oh, dude, Leo Chanel and George Carl Laftis, they're going to be household names. Oh, as they should be. Those are two great players from the same draft class. And McDuffie was in that draft class, too. I mean, what? That twenty, that 2022 Chiefs draft class is just, yeah, they are set up so well. And that's what's so scary, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's the the Broncos are easily losing, right? Yeah, in every facet that. of the game. So I want to talk Jerry, about. The, oh, oh, one quick thing. Jerry Judy's last game, by the way. As a Bronco. You think? I'm just pointing out. All Maybe. Right. We'll see. I, I don't <laughs> we think he'll see. I don't think he'll care much. Uh 
But this is the last, like, really good game because after this we're going to talk about the Sunday night game, which I don't think is going to be a great one. And after that we talk about the Monday night game, which, yikes. <laughs> that that one, yeah. I, I think that's the lock of the week, uh, who's going to win that one. But we'll oh, get to that when we get to that. A, a really good game here, Bengals at 49ers. No, okay. no Brock Purdy. Sam Darnold's going to get the start. I think that makes this a really interesting game. Who do you have winning? I agree completely. 49ers are currently on the wrong side of the trend right now. Mm -hmm. Bengals are coming off their bye. Joe Burrow is getting healthy. I feel like for a game like this, this is where Cincinnati is going to either turn the switch on and like they did last year, second half of the season, they flip the switch and like they're at one of they're playing like a top three team in in the league right now. I think this might be the week that Cincinnati does it. I might take the Bengals to win that game. All right then, I have the 49ers actually, and I get it. Not having Brock Purdy, you know that makes people really concerned. But we know Shanahan likes Sam Darnold a lot. All right, we know he that. does. And I imagine that he has some specific passing concepts that he thinks Darnold does a really good job on, and he is ready to dial them up this week. I, I think Darnold is going to look really good in this game. I and agree. it's also important to keep in mind that the Bengals... Orlando Brown is dealing with an injury. He might play through it, but he is dealing oh. with an injury. That's one thing. And just Javon Hargrave and Nick Bosa, that pass rush duo against that oh, Bengals no. O-line, that's a problem. Even if Burrow is healthy, I question how much he'll want to be healthy or how long that will last because I think that 49ers D-line is going to get all over him. This also could be the game where San Francisco is like, yeah, we're getting it right. Oh, and... yeah. Well, I think it's inevitable. And there's, I can't see them going on a three-game losing streak. I don't see it either. Even with Purdy out, I, I don't think that really hurts them too much. I think it's just whether Joe Burrow is going to get the ball out quick for Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. Like, I yeah, think well, that's, that's the game more... plan. That's definitely the game. That's going to be the game plan because for the Bengals. Because it's not like the 49ers corners are, like, superb. Like, the game plan yeah. for the Bengals is going to be get the ball out hot, get it to the receivers, get it to them quick, let them make plays after the catch. Without That's doubt. really it. But how well can they do it? And how long until the 49ers catch on to it? That's not even to mention, down. you're not just dealing with their D-line of Bosa and Hargrave. You got Fred Warner on the middle. What if you put that man where uh, Fred Warner is going to make things hell for you? I, yeah. I, like as much as like <clears throat> in any way, whether it's in zone yeah. coverage, man blitzing, man. just defending the run. He's he gonna, can play man he's coverage gonna... on Team Higgins, yeah. and somehow, some way, it's going to be hell because Fred Warner is just that fucking awesome man. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> And, it's going to uh, be bad. It's going to be... Uh, uh, it's not exactly a defense that you want to get right against. You know, if you're a team like the Bengals that 
you know, hasn't really played up to expectation. This isn't a game that you see and you're like, okay, this is where we get back on track. No. And I think maybe, and honestly, I, I could possibly pivot my pick too. But also, this is this is a good game for the 49ers to get themselves back on track too, just because of the two game losing streak. And you can't see them losing three straight. And but yeah, the Bengals yeah. defense is good. Like I, I don't want to, you know. Yeah, I agree to too. Side. But McCaffrey's still McCaffrey. Kittle's still Kittle. And I think Donald's gonna make some plays, man. Question is, will Debo Samuel play? Even with that, I mean, does is that like a huge, huge difference maker for you? Because for me personally, I, I think it doesn't. I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it's huge, but it is something important for the Niners that they would want Debo to play this game. Yeah. Although I don't think it's going to be something that's going to take a huge, huge, uh, you know, detrimental hit to their offense. Because mm-hmm. Ayuk has been awesome. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk has been really, really good. And I'm so finally glad that he's been he's panning out because for years of defending Ayuk, it's it's finally happening, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I think this is going to be the game of the week potentially. It very well could be. It should be a good one. Like but either we're, we're getting we're a taking. close game. <sighs> See, I really would. It, it is so tough because it's like. The Bengals have playmakers on their offensive side. Mm-hmm. Like, Joe Mixon's bad. Like, he's not it anymore. And then Joe Burrow, like, yeah, better than Sam Darnold. We trust Burrow more. And then he's got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. But then, like, also, you're you mentioning about, like, the Bengals only being banged up. They have not been good, man. Yeah, even when and, fully healthy. Yeah. Uh, who? I don't know why Bengals fans thought that Orlando Brown Jr. was an upgrade over Jonah Williams. Oh, well, that I disagree with, but has Orlando Brown really played up to the contract? No. He has been very bad. Mm. And Bengals fans are now realizing it, which I'm like, we warned you. We warned you about Orlando Brown, but they didn't want to listen. So. Yeah, no, it has not been good for that offensive line. It's. And Bosa is going to pick an offensive line. That's I, really I don't the think it's possible. Well, the real answer is when are they finally going to realize that Zach Taylor is a talent merchant and he only does That's as well really as he does is because of how talented that offense is. What does Zach Taylor do that any head coach can't? It's not an advanced offense. He isn't like a big rah-rah guy. He doesn't really get the team motivated like – He's, yeah, he just lucked into it, but the only that's also motivating that team is Burrow, and that's, that's it. That's also a debate for another time. Overall, though, yeah. I'm picking the 49ers. Who do you have? I could. See... I think I'll just I'll stick with the Bengals pick. All right, just to be a All little right. different, just to be a contrarian, I'll... just to be on the contrary. But I'm not ruling out the possibility that the 49ers could win. Oh that game. yeah, of course but I'm... not. Yeah, and you should never rule out the 49ers. They're the best team in football, still in my eyes. Even with the Eagles acquiring Kevin Byard, I still think the Niners are the team to beat. But mm-hmm. that's a that's a discussion we could probably have for another day. But I do agree. Uh, but I will pick the Bengals just because I just think that I don't think the Niners have anyone that's going to stop Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And, the, and T. Higgins is getting a little healthier. And I know he's been a little underwhelming, but it's still T. Higgins. He's still one of the better number two receivers in football. And so 
I just think that uh, get the ball out quick to Jamar, and I think that's going to be since he's bread and butter, and I just don't know the Niners can do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if you can get Talanoa Hufunga to make, be a, be the playmaker, that could stop it, but I, I just think that Cincinnati could just could probably get themselves back on track, potentially, and could, could pull an upset, so I'll go with the Bengals, but also it's going to be a nervous, nervous pick for me, though. Yeah, I mean, that's a game that's just really hard to pick. But yeah. a game I, I think is much easier to pick. Bears at Chargers, primetime football, Sunday night. Who do you have? Man. Personally, I, I have the Chargers. And yeah, I know the Chargers haven't looked I great. Why can't Bengals and Niners be primetime? Why can't Bengals and Niners be Great question. That, I completely agree. That is a agree. question. I don't get that. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it, they man. should shift these games earlier in the year, but they wait Flex until it. it really starts mattering. But Flex it, man. Yeah, I wish they. Could. Yeah, but I I know the Chargers. You know they've been a little bit down lately, but the Bear. This is just a get right game. It really is. This is a this get right is. game opportunity, and they're too talented to waste it. If they every w- game matters for game. Staley to keep his job, Staley obviously wants to keep his job. And as a result, he'll do what it takes to ensure the team is ready to not play down to the Bears. And if they don't play down to the Bears, they should win just because of how much more talented they are. I'm taking the yeah. Chargers with a lot I of I will, games. too. Justin yeah. Herbert, this is a, a gate-ride game for him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Bagnet, the Bag, Bagent, Bagnet, yeah, he Tyson doesn't – yeah. T- Tyson Baguette as I called him last week. He yeah. isn't, he is not, and I know he played well. He did play well last week, but that yeah. game struck me as bad meets worse. The Raiders oh, being absolutely. worse. Raiders if just he could being a disaster. Look good again against the Chargers. I, I mean, hey, that would prove a lot to me, but I still don't yeah. think they'd win even if Badgett plays well. I don't. Yeah. I mean, DJ Moore might have a field day. That that wouldn't surprise me too much, but... I wouldn't be shocked either. I mean, DJ who Moore. on the Bears stops the Chargers' offense? I have no idea. Nobody. I think Eckler's finally going to have a performance that impresses his fantasy owners. Absolutely. For the Keenan Allen should have a good game. Yeah, oh, I absolutely. Mean, the the I, reality is the Chargers' yeah. offense is just going to have a field day. That, that's all it is. And... Moore will make plays. Moore is going to pretty much do everything for the offense, but he won't be able to do enough for them to win. I- I'm taking the Chargers, and I think you are too. I, I mean, that's under. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. And also, one thing to note, um, I am a big uh, fan of Kellen Moore with the pairing of mm-hmm. Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be fantastic. And it has been. I Yeah. I think it, I, it could be a match made in heaven for sure. Um I really would like to see them use Quentin Johnson this game. I I just want to see like where he's at because get get him more involved. But realistically, like I think Keenan Allen's gonna have like a really good game, probably a hundred yards for him. Very happening. Likely. Very likely. Very and likely. I get it, and I don't want to say this because I don't know if you've been seeing me. I've been one of the biggest Keenan Allen defenders on Twitter. And while I'm not saying that he's like a top 20 receiver, like he's one of the, 
or he's a top 10 guy or something. I mean, he could be top 20 probably if we're talking right now. Let's be honest. This is what Keenan Allen is. He's a role yeah. player, and he plays that role really damn well. That's exactly what he... That, yeah, if you need someone that could just make the common catches, run the curl route well, get open, and just guaranteed catch the ball, well, Keenan Allen's your guy. He'll do that, and he does he it well. He is literally one of the most reliable receivers yeah. in football. And that's all he needs to be. That's all he needs to be. And it's At this point him. of his career, and the fact that he's still doing it, mm-hmm. he's... Really exceeding expectations of what you want from Keenan Allen yeah. at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's not really consistent. Like, he's not that guy where like earlier in his career he was like such an explosive route runner where he would destroy you in man coverage and zone and like, yeah, it, it's a problem. He can still manipulate you. His route running is still not like uh his route like it's still not good. The same. It's just the speed it's is awesome there. still. It's just the, the speed speed's not there. there. But, but he can he, still manipulate you exactly. with his route running. Exactly. He and he is yeah. a he is a better Adam Thielen. I completely agree. That, that's what he that's is. It. And that's fine. That's what they need him to be. And it, it works well. Yeah. But the Chargers should win that game. I now agree on completely. to my lock of the week. The Lions oh, yeah. playing against the Raiders in Detroit. Easy Detroit win. Am, am Easy I wrong? Detroit. I, I mean, no man. I don't know how one soul can pick the Raiders to win that game. It's it's a bad one. And again, any given, I guess, in this situation, Monday. But <clears throat> Detroit, this is where I think Detroit needs to <laughs> bounce back after whatever you want to call that performance against the Ravens. They need to prove they're not just an embarrassment. Here's an opportunity to do it against a team that is really, really bad. I feel very similarly about this one as I did about that Chargers game, as I did about uh, about that 49ers game, just a bounce-back game. And in this one, it's against an easy opponent. They they should be able to really right the ship in this one. I would not be be shocked if they... Uh, if they put on, if they treat, if they demolished the Raiders the way that the Ravens demolished them last week, mm-hmm. I would not be shocked. That this is just who is the Raiders' starting quarterback? It was Brian Hoyer last week. He is so bad. Now <laughs> this week, I don't even know who's starting for them. Is it going to be Hoyer? Is it going to be O'Connell? Is Jimmy G going to be back? I don't even care. Yeah, I was just about to say, does it really matter? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Detroit, I don't Detroit is a much better I'm team. I'm not Adams is going to be the only... Detroit right. is a much better team, and there's no reason for them to be taking opponents lightly after how last week played out. They just should not, time. and Dave Campbell is not going to let that happen. Yeah, no way. I'll tell you that right now. No way. There's no way. On primetime television, no way. It's not going to happen. And let's be clear. The only person on the Raiders that I think is going to have a good game is Devontae Adams. But is this quarterback going to get the ball to him? That's the question. And that's, like, that's the thing. Like, Devontae, like, yeah, you're going to – like, you're such a savant route runner, best in the league at that. And, yeah, you're going to uh, maneuver your way through. Is your quarterback going to get the ball to you? Like, that. that's the thing. So, like, as great as Devontae Adams is going to look on the field, it's just going to be whether it's the quarterback. I don't trust it. McDaniels is a disaster. I I don't even 
when are they going to fire him? It's really what I want to think. And I feel like it's going to be the end of the season, but they really should be firing him after the Lions game. Yeah, after they lose on primetime in the Lions game, yeah. I think that's an easy lock. Anyway, I think that about yeah. wraps it up. Thank you also, for coming on. Hmm? Yeah, one more thing. If somehow, some way, the Chargers lose to the Bears, fire Staley immediately. Well, fire him anyway. Even if you win, fire well, him. Oh. Yeah, either way, he needs to be fired, but this is where you, like, yeah, pull the damn trigger and fire him. Yeah, it's That's really an interesting race. Who gets fired first, McDaniels or Staley? Like, it's an interesting, interesting race. Uh, I'm yeah, curious. Sure. I'm surprised it's going on this long. I, I, I thought both of them would be gone by now. But, yeah, thanks for coming mm-hmm. on, Hammy. Yeah, Feel no free problem, to man. plug all your socials because you make great content, and I want people to give it a listen. So, go oh, right yeah. ahead. So, obviously, Twitter or X, whatever you guys want to call it, at Hammy Takes. Um, same here on TikTok. My YouTube channel is also at Hammy Takes, but there's an underscore at the end. I also do have a podcast, um, which I think Patrick will probably link um, down below as well, called the Hammy Takes Pod. I also do make sports content too, so um, I'm more active on Twitter than I am on TikTok, um, but I will occasionally try to make some TikTok videos. But other than that, like, absolutely for sure. So, yeah, if you guys can go ahead and follow me there, um, that will be really appreciated. And Patrick, I highly recommend for... it. He yep. makes great and content, Patrick... as I said. Yep, and thanks, thank you, Patrick, for letting me plug my socials in. I really do appreciate that. <laughs> I, I feel like it's common courtesy having you on for an hour and 50 minutes of your time. I, I feel like it's only the right thing to do. And if you oh, want, absolutely. if you as the listener want to listen to more of my content, feel free to check out at no huddle NFL, no capitals and no spaces on TikTok and Instagram. That is no huddle NFL. Also on Instagram, no huddle NFL, no capitals and no spaces with an underscore at the end. That's again, no huddle NFL, no capitals and no spaces with an underscore at the end. Thank you all for coming on, and I'll see you all again next week.